the tech to expect in 2021. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Lance Ulanoff, award-winning technology journalist, public speaker, and television personality. Welcome back, Lance. Thanks for having me back. Of course. All right. Give us a 45-second elevator summary of your career in tech journalism and analysis. All right. So I've been doing journalism for like, uh, I don't know, 35, 36 years, something like that. But it really started with PC Magazine in 1991. I was there for a bunch of years um, and actually worked there twice. I worked there 2000, 2011. I was editor in chief. I've worked on Windows Magazine. I've worked on Home PC Magazine. Uh, I've been all digital really since 1996. I uh, was editor in chief of Mashable, the editor in chief of LifeWire. Uh, I have seen basically everything you can imagine in technology develop over the last like 40 years. And um, I'm still here somehow. <laughs> still here and going strong. Um, so let's just dip into it. Based on all your background, what, what products, service, and technologies uh, do you see making the biggest impact in the coming year? And I would start with your observations mm -hmm. regarding 5G. Right. So, so it's really interesting because we just came out of CES 2021. And uh, of course, they talked about 5G, but they did talk about it in the way that I'm starting to think about is it. not just a mobile technology, but a connective tissue for everything, for infrastructure, for home. Uh, we're, we're obviously staying at home a lot more than we thought we would. So the excitement of having 5G phones is in a way lost on us but the need for high-speed connectivity in the home is not. And what's really interesting is how so much time has been spent at home by so many people that a lot of people have experienced rather awful broadband. Uh, it's not as good as it's supposed to be because the, the infrastructure wasn't designed to handle this kind of load throughout the day. It was supposed to be peaks going up and down. Uh, but 5G theoretically could be part of the answer. You know, Bringing in a, a really strong 5G signal into a house is going to be fast enough for everybody. And there's going to be like a base station in the house. Uh, and so people would get the connectivity they want uh, without the wires. And additionally, 5G really is going to be the thing that allows uh, street signs and lights to talk to the cars that are passing by and cars to talk to each other. So, you know, it's really 5G is so much more than about the, the smartphone in your hand. All right. Well, you know, we've all been working <laughs> from home. Uh, so what about the tools and toys that we'll use to continue working from home? Well, uh, here's the thing. I'm working from home right now. Uh, my setup has changed uh, quite a bit since uh, I realized I was going to have to spend so much time in my home office. And I think that, you know, we we're all forced to do this uh, in 2020, and we it was important to do so, but we didn't really set ourselves up. I mean, I talked to so many people who are literally working from their beds, which I don't get, uh, but ergonomics, uh, being smart about how you work is important. The technology to support that, I mean, I'm certainly seeing a lot more uh, home office hardware and software and furniture that's really designed to fit in this environment, you know, supporting multiple screens in the home because it's not enough to stare at one small screen. I'm literally staring at three screens at once right now and sometimes more. Uh, so I think that we're going to codify that experience because we are not marching right back into the office uh, this year. So Let's, let's switch to spatial computing. What do you see for virtual and augmented reality, maybe even as it relates to healthcare? Well, 
So a lot of our, our devices, and I just came off a Samsung Galaxy S21 launch, um, and they're adding it too. A lot of our devices are adding LiDAR, uh, which is the ability to do a 3D mesh. Uh, by it's a, it's a time of flight to create a 3D mesh of your environment. But why does that matter? You know, you have this tool, what does it mean? It means that you have this ability to really understand your environment. Uh, and so you're gonna get the kind of information you need to do practical things. A lot of people haven't really used the tools that they have, for example, on their uh, iPhone 12 Pros, which have the LiDAR as well. So I think that's, we're going to see the practical tool application of that um, this year. And then, you know, in the healthcare space, you know, it's really about the connectivity. So we, we certainly still go to the doctor, uh, but we also really picked up on using telehealth and telemedicine this year. But the power of telemedicine is to, it's not just about the, the doctor being on camera and talking to you, it's about them getting uh, diagnostics from you. And that can come from devices you have in your hand or wearing on your body. And I think that that's something we're going to see a lot more of. So even just something that can use AI and a good camera to do, uh, uh, you know, get a photograph of your skin for the doctor to analyze. So maybe it can tell you something, tell you something, but it tells the doctor a whole lot more. And again, you don't have to go into the doctor's office for that. So I think we're going to see just a lot more of that this year. Well, even speaking of that, then with artificial intelligence, in what markets or products even will robots and AI make the most progress? Well, still always practical applications. Uh, CES was so full of robot vacuums and, and robot devices that could clean uh, the air and you know use ultraviolet light and clean a whole bunch of things at once. So I think that's uh, you know the the main area you're going to see. But also and you know drones are robots too. So uh, you know practical you know applications for delivering stuff. But I do think that uh, you know obviously everything's getting smarter. Uh, cars are getting smarter. We're going to see self-driving cars this year, like full-on self-driving cars. And I'm hoping that we're going to see uh, robot companions that get a little bit more natural. Samsung had something that was called like the Bot Handy, which terrible name, uh, but it did have like a skinny body and one arm that could do things like pour a drink and set a table. And I think that that process of getting these automatons into our home is going to accelerate really this year and over the next five years. All right. How about consumer and small business IoT? Well, I mean, everything is connected to the internet. Uh, I think that it's really more about the, the security of those connections. I, what we had in 2020 was sort of a tech reckoning, right? Where we started to realize that these tech companies had too much control, too much power, too much access. But at the same time, we still really want uh, internet of things. So uh, it's really a combination of, of security and privacy and, and increased adoption of these technologies. So we've covered a lot of ground here. So what's the wild card that we haven't mentioned yet? The wild card. What's the wild card? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think the wild card really comes from how we resolve tech regulation because uh, we've talked about it in 2020, we've even had hearings, but nothing has actually occurred. Now, on the fly, because of socio political uh, forces, 
tech companies are making big changes and big decisions on their own, even without regulation. So I think that's you know how we interact with technology, how we interact with social media, how we interact with big companies that could be broken up. That's the X factor. Um, that could, in fact, uh, impact our ecosystems. Uh, because when you have big companies and they own all the different pieces, it's much easier for them to manage ecosystems uh, if, they're, if they're broken up or if they choose to break up. Uh, some of that ecosystem might fracture. Lance Ulanoff, award-winning technology journalist, speaker, and television personality. Uh, if somebody wants to connect with you, Lance, maybe they want to find out more of your work uh, on Medium or, or wherever, what's the best way they can, they can find you? Well, I'm always on Twitter. I'm, I'm always posting to Twitter, which is kind of the, the hub for everything I do. So if you want to know about my latest Medium post or you want to know about my latest uh, uh, Instagram or if you want to know my, about my latest TikTok, because yes, I'm on TikTok, uh, you might start there. All right. I wasn't going to say anything about TikTok, but yeah, please follow Lance <laughs> on TikTok. All right. Thanks again for your time, Lance. Pleasure. And find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.